0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And today, uh, Derek. Derek is uh, is not with us. We are sans Derek. He couldn't make it tonight. But we have got uh, my good buddy, Jay Castile. This is the third in the Get Hired series. We're going to talk about, about interview tips and tricks, what to do, what not to do and some key takeaways, things to consider. Uh, But before we jump into that, we would love it if everybody out there, if you guys would go online, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, head out to retrotimepodcast.com, get yourself a sticker, buy one, buy two, buy some for your team, put them on your personal laptop, your work laptop, spread the good news of the Retro Time Podcast. We would love it. If you did, it would help us out more than you know. All right, got that out of the way. I want to welcome Jay Castile to the show. Jay, I've known Jay for, God, almost like 10 years. I don't know, we were talking about this before. I can't even remember. 2011, 2010. So Jay's been a UX designer for over 10 years. He's currently a senior UX designer at AWS, where he works on SageMaker, which is a framework for data scientists and data engineers to build machine learning models. Uh, that product encompasses the full ML pipeline from preparing data to training and tuning machine learning models all the way to deploying and monitoring the performance of those models. Jay has worked in tons of different roles in the design industry, from graphic design to the software industry. Uh, He's worked for large and small agencies. Uh, Obviously, he's at Amazon now. And he's done everything, freelance graphic design, graphic design, ad agency, web designer, web developer, front-end engineer, UX designer, and uh, even more recently, UX for uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, Jay's done it all. And not only has he done it all, he's interviewed at all those places. So he's got a lot of experience to talk about interviews. So I am super stoked to have my buddy, Jay Castile, on the show. Jay, welcome to Retro Time Podcast. It is great to have you. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, Jeremy. Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope. I.
0: I wish I could believe that, Jay. I know you're lying because I you am. No, it I no, no, had to go no. back and listen no, to no, these no, other. No, episodes. no, no,
1: <laughs> no. The, the only thing I haven't done is order a sticker. But I have done the five star rating. I've subscribed on all the platforms. All right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. if
0: you've uh, if you've done a five star review, you know Derek will write you a song. That's uh, ah. it's in the it's in the um, the, sh- the show credits every oh, time. Okay. So we'll get you a song, man. Der- Derek, uh, if you're listening, Derek, hopefully you're listening because this is your show too. Um, you owe Jay a song. And uh, Jay, if you are joking about leaving a five-star review, as soon as we're done here tonight, uh, I expect you to leave a five-star review. Best show I'm sending screenshots. It's going to be in the show the notes. Guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best guests. Uh, they're just very smart. All of them are smart. Everybody's smart. Yeah. Um, all right, Jay. So, so tonight uh, we're uh, following up on uh, our Get Hired series, so we've done a few. We've talked about networking with Casey Randall. We've talked about portfolios with Christine Yoon from LinkedIn, Um, so we've covered the gamut. The next up, we wanna talk about interviews. You do, obviously, a lot of interviewing with uh, your team at Amazon, huge company, probably a lot of processes and stuff, but you've done it at a lot of other places, too. You've been Lead UX for a long time, so you've been in charge of, of leading teams and hiring for those teams. Um, let's just like get right into it, man. We, we have a job, we found a job, right? And we uh, we want to apply, we apply, we get the call back. What do we do? Yeah, well,
1: I, I think the first thing that you need to do is kind of work backwards. Okay. Like it, it depends on how you got the job, right? So if if this was a job that you actively applied for, you you probably know the job listing or that there was an opening, um, uh, some, some people do like you know, submit a blind resume to, to companies hoping that they'll get a response. But typically you're going to look at a very specific post. Uh, but sometimes a company will reach out to you. And so one place you might start is, if that's the case, working backwards. Like, what is the thing that they saw in you mm. that that made them reach out to you? Um, and typically they'll send you a, a job posting and be like, we think that you would be perfect for this. Um, Like a recruiter reaches out to you on LinkedIn or something. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah, and from there, I think to get ready for that interview, you kind of have to look at that job listing and work backwards and read between the lines and kind of figure out what is the reason that this company uh, reached out to you. Right. And from there, kind of tailor your, your interview process.
0: To that job business. okay now you did actually just mention something that I, I find really interesting read between the lines read between the lines from the job description Derek and I you know um, we both got laid off uh, God oh maybe a year ago now and so we were we were both looking for jobs and um, we we're finding all these job descriptions we even did like an episode about how terrible job descriptions were and how you you might have like the same title. Eighty different descriptions about what that same exact title does: senior UX designer, senior software engineer. Let's talk product, uh, product. Well, designer. Yeah, we, you know we, yeah. we probably could have done an entire one of these get uh, hired <laughs> episodes about uh, understanding job descriptions. Actually, I think that now that you sure. mentioned that, I kind of wish I would have thought of it before. But uh, talk a little bit more about reading between the lines, if you can. What 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 are some things that maybe to look out for keywords that people might be misrepresenting? Because I. If correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying is, um, they might have found you because they were looking for some keyword, product designer. But what they think of as product designer might be completely different from what you do in your current role as product designer. Is that what you're kind of saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I, I think that you can start with with two spots there. The first would be, like I said, the the job listing. But the second part could be researching the organization itself mm-hmm. and really trying to understand. Uh, the culture there and understand what that title at that company actually is. You know, it, you may not change so much how you present yourself, uh, although you could do that, but it, I think mainly you just want to make sure that the company is going to be a good fit for you. Um, you know, if you applied for the job, you probably have done that research beforehand, but if a company is reaching out to you, um, then that's also a, an instance where you're going you're to gonna want to make sure that this is a job that... That'll be a good fit for your, your entire career and and be a good stepping stone for for your goals. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. You know, I hadn't really thought of that scenario where a recruiter is uh, cold calling you, uh, looking at your resume sure. and saying, "Hey, we want you." That's that's actually, I guess, not a bad position to be in. Well, I think I think nowadays with LinkedIn, uh, with yeah. these keyword searches
1: and things, uh, they sometimes do just scan through and and send stuff out to people. So. Yeah. And I, I know that there's been a big hiring push since the the end of COVID. So, um, a lot of companies that were downsizing uh, six months ago, eight months yeah. ago, are kind of rescaling back up. And I know that even at Amazon, we're we're always looking for for talented people and in recruiting. So,
0: well, that's something yeah. I you know I hadn't thought of it, but I'm glad we're bringing it up. So, um, so that's something good to to think about. So you mentioned, um, you know, interviewing as a skill in and of itself, right? Um, If you have been, you know, you're the most badass product designer in the world. You've been at the same company for five years or so, and now you're looking to go somewhere else. Um, What I'm hearing you say is just because you're a really great product designer doesn't mean you're going to ace that interview.
1: There's a few things that you can do to kind of get your skills sharpened. Even early on, um, and, and one of the, if, if, especially if you're early on in your career, I think that you can just kind of practice interviewing. Okay. And, and I don't necessarily mean practicing with uh, like a coworker or a friend or something like that, but I mean actually just doing interviews. Um, okay. I think that you can shed a lot of maybe anxiety that you have over doing interviews. I would say most interviews uh, are fairly similar. There's only so many ways that people can interview, yeah. and everyone's going to have a slightly different process. But a lot of those questions are going to come up over and over again.
2: Yeah. Especially so those generic. When
0: you're, those generic ones. <laughs> Tell us about yeah. a challenging oh, time yeah. when you had. Challenging yeah, time with, with a coworker. coworker. Right? Course, yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, if you haven't done many of those, uh, those questions can be a little tricky to answer. Mm-hmm. But if you are doing these regularly, uh, you know, taking every interview initially when you're starting out in your career, taking every interview that you can, kind of regardless of, you know, maybe location or compensation or things like that, just taking an interview to kind of push yourself forward and and to you know add another case study to your portfolio in preparation of that interview. Um, answering those questions that, you know, are going to come up over and over again. Yeah.
0: No, I actually love that yeah. idea, though. Um, tre- just like taking every interview, doing everyone just to get practice, just to yeah. get experience with that yeah. and knowing and, that it, going it, in, it, right?
1: Yeah. And, and I would say it's probably almost every interview. I mean, there is that caveat of almost like you definitely want to apply for the right jobs. Mm-hmm. But if you think there's a chance that a role is a good fit, I would probably say just do the interview because a lot of times it's a good starting point. Yeah. So I've actually seen whole roles created for someone after they did an interview because they were like, this isn't the right job for you, but we really like you and we really like what you bring to the table. So maybe you'll get a call back in three months from the same person and be like, hey, you know what? We made another job just for you. Like, I I know people that that's actually happened to. So I would say take those interviews. Yeah, we actually did that,
0: I don't know, four or five months ago on our team. We were hiring for product designer. And we had a guy come in and he was not a great fit for product design at all, but he knew all the stuff about analytics and Adobe analytics and how to use it and, you know, how to set up stuff, data mining it and, and kind of almost like a data scientist type of background. And uh, we said, you know what, this dude would be a terrible product designer, but I think he'd be a really great <laughs> analyst. So let's like get him on there. I mean, it's been awesome. He's been great. Yeah, that's... I love that idea.
1: Yeah. You know, I would say probably the last thing about taking every interview to would be... Uh, sometimes you can leverage, uh, another offer to get a better offer from a job that you really want. Oh, that's
0: all right. I, uh, that's, that's sneaky, but I like it. yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I mean, you know, you got to play the so game like, for sure. So basically but, what you're saying is I have no interest in the second job, but I'm taking uh, it. I wouldn't say no interest. interest. No, I wouldn't say um, no interest. And I get the, yeah. I get the offer. And I can leverage that, uh sort of parlay that into a potentially better offer and in, in the the job I really want. Sure. Yeah. I, I think
1: that that's actually really true. I I definitely interviewed for a place one time that, I mean, I gave them a number that I was like, I would work here for this number, uh, you know? And I was like, oh, this, they'll never say yes. And then they were like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> you called my bluff. Yeah.
2: I could use the money.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, no, but then I actually, it was cool because I actually had a, a, a situation where I had a few different jobs at the same time I had been, you know, treating, looking for a job as a job and, mm-hmm. and I had a few offers come in at the same time and was able to kind of uh, work that all together. So yeah, that's that's definitely a thing that you can do. It's I would say it's the preparation for the interview process, mm-hmm. but it's, it's an important part of the process is, is navigating those waters of... Multiple interviews, because if you're looking actively for a job, you're probably sending out more than one resume or at
0: a time and hoping to interview. Now, you know, an interesting uh, side effect of taking every interview you possibly can, um, regardless of you intend to take the job, is you could treat it like an experiment. If you're doing them constantly, There there, there there might tend to be controls. And you can change Here comes the UX, the UX uh, designer in you. You're like AB. Yeah, testing right. Your, exactly. Like your answer. I can yeah. wear this thing or I could say this thing or I can answer this way <laughs> and see if I get a good response right. and practice before I ever, like if I'm really, I really want to work at Amazon, for instance, I, I, I save that until later. And I feel like I'm I'm am a, I'm a, an interview master, um, uh senior uh, lead uh, interviewer is what I would be. Um, so, uh, you know, that's a great idea. I love that, man. That's a, you know, I hadn't thought of that. I think that's kind of like, what, do, what would you say to the people who are like, why don't I want to waste anybody's time? Um, what would you say to well, them? I, I would say you actually don't know what they're going to
1: say. Mm-hmm. I mean – and and if if it's in a location that you're like, oh, I don't necessarily want to move there, right? Like maybe it's in a place that you're just like, oh, I love where I'm at, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, you don't know what they're going to offer you. you. You don't know, you know what – what they're going to tell you about the benefits mm-hmm. they didn't they you don't know if they're going to say uh, oh, well you know what work remote or whatever I mean you might be surprised you really have no idea yeah you might be surprised once you get in there with uh with them and, and and you know what you may talk to somebody too that when you're doing your interview that you're like this guy is really smart and I want to go work for that person yeah like that's happened to me before too okay. where I, I did an interview and I was just like once I did, I also, I did a little research beforehand and like this guy had done a few like really interesting talks and I was like, you know what? I really wasn't leaning that way, but
0: this is going to be a really good guy to work It'd for. Really a good growing opportunity. It, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right on. All right. So we get the call back. We get the interview. What happens? We, we, we come in. What do we, what do we, what do we, what are we walking into? Yeah. So when the f- call comes back, typically you're going to
1: have probably an initial call. And that might be with either a recruiter or with like someone lower on the pole. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're probably screening you to make sure that they're a good fit. Like you You said, to make sure that people's, (laughs) yeah, yeah. To make sure people's time isn't wasted higher up. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And a lot of times I'll say you'll probably have multiple calls, especially if it's a role where, you know, the company really wants to get the right fit. Mm -hmm. You really want to get the right fit. They want to get the right fit. Your interests are definitely aligned there. So uh, I would probably expect uh, that there's going to be a few calls, but I would also be ready on any of those calls to step up and deliver the, like, portfolio review Mm -hmm. or the technical test or any of those things. I I've gotten on a call before where I started talking with someone and they're like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to like see what that looks like. And then the ability to actually pull that up and have that ready. Oh, I'm sure that was impressive. Uh, yeah, is, is, yeah, it's pretty pretty critical. So I would say preparation. You can't really over-prepare uh-huh. um, and there's not really any shortcuts for things like that. Right. So.
0: Yeah, so that's, be ready when that call That's comes a great in. tip yeah. that I, I hadn't really thought of either, to be honest. Um, clearly, I'm not very good at this whole interviewing thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, you never know who's going to call you when you get that first call back. It could be the CEO. Yeah, you could get could a call loaded. from the CEO, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, who, yeah. Who's going to be on the other line? Am I ready to give the, the elevator pitch? Am I really to, ready to give that that high-level pitch about myself and sell myself uh, because I might not make it past that screen? Yeah, That's awesome. I love that.
1: That's right. Yeah, I know that you and I worked for uh, a similar company, uh, the same company yeah. at one point, point. and uh, yeah, the CEO showed up to my interview. So that was like you have to be ready to yeah. definitely. Do well, that's that. the thing. I, you know, I mean, with, admittedly, it was a smaller. Yeah, company, with the
0: smaller but, yeah. companies, the CEO is there doing the work with you every day. Um, you know, could be the CEO, C, you know, CMO, whoever. If you're working like as a graphic designer, and you know, that's that's a great tip. I love that. Um, so we've got what well, like a, a couple of different types of interviews, right? We've got yep. uh, sort of this technical interview, and then the, what would you call the other type is there a, behavioral, like a behavioral interview? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the behavioral interview first. Um, I know, like technical interview, we might consider that like a, a whiteboard challenge or something like that. But there's other types. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 jump into the behavioral first. Behavioral interviews. What what are some things that we can do to get ready to prepare for? You know, I guess this what, you, what most people would consider as like a standard interview. Uh, I think that getting ready for a behavioral interview all comes
1: down to research. Okay, uh, and 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 some of the parts of research are probably not things that most people would expect. I would say one of the most important things that you can research would be yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, be- yeah, yeah, because behavioral interviews. Typically, the question will be like, tell me about a time when. Oh, right. And so if you are not researching yourself, you're not digging into all of the successes that you've had in the Uh, past, all the failures that you've had into the past, all of those things where you can pull up a really good example of you delivering on a tight deadline for a client and you stayed up all night and you got that thing delivered and the client was super happy. mm -hmm. You don't have those examples um, ready to go for the interview. So, I would say to get ready, the first thing would be research yourself. Um, and we can dive into that a little bit more, um, but also probably research the position and then research the organization, mm-hmm. the company, make sure it's a good fit. And then, probably, research the industry if you're not an industry expert. Um, if you're going to go work for Widgeco, whatever. Make sure you know a little bit about what they're making or what the software might look like, uh, whether you're on the design or development side of that. Right. And then typical jargon and terms and things like that so that (laughs) when you get in there, you know, they're not telling you about the latest Widgeco punching machine and you're like... I don't even know what that is. I can't design
0: an interface for that. You know, yeah, I don't know. Right. So. I don't like punching. I'm not. I'm not a violent person. Um, so, uh, <laughs> right. so for the, the research yourself part, that's a really interesting one. I love that a lot. That one uh, to me seems like probably the easiest to just overlook. So let's talk a little bit about some tips there. Researching yourself. What do you recommend we do if we, you know, we've been at a job for five years or more or something, or we've been in a boot camp and we don't have a ton of experience? What What are some things that you think you can do.
1: Yeah, coming from a boot camp, you know, I I would say actually do this pretty much throughout your career, whether you're just starting out or mid-career or whenever, uh, would just really be keeping a list of all of the places that you've worked in the past, um, you know, write all the projects that you've worked on at every company or even at the boot camp um, and how those team dynamics worked there, Um, write, you know, all the people clients, co-workers, just get like a running list going. Keep like a work um, diary,
0: this, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah, a work diary. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, I'm, I might actually steal that. Yeah, I, I had a My Stories doc, but I like the work
0: diary. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if you're yeah, in the UK it, I, and you say my work diary, that just means calendar. So they're just going to be like, <laughs> calendar. I made that. It's funny, I actually worked with some guys in, in the UK and they were like, oh, well, I have, I've updated my diary. I was like, your diary, what are you? So confused. I, I realized huh. they were talking about their calendar. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back and reread the Harry Potter books. I don't, I don't
1: remember that one. But yeah, um, okay, cool.
0: Anyway, so keep a work diary. You're welcome to use it. You're welcome to yeah. use it. Um, so that's sure. a really great insight. Um, I love that. You mentioned research the position. And what I'm hearing here is potentially, you know, when you go to one company for a product design role, you go to another company for a product design role, those roles could be very different And so what are you what are you doing here when you're researching the position i would say probably not all job
1: postings are created equal so you may have to do some independent research uh you may have to go out and use other tools like you know glassdoor or twitter or reddit or other places to to find uh you know questions that companies may ask you one particular tool that i like is an app It's called the uh, the blind app okay and uh on there it's like kind of an anonymous app where you can every it's a lot of fang companies are on there um but people can submit like questions that they got during their job interview all kinds of different things and so uh, oh, okay. You'll, you'll find a lot of really interesting information there, uh, salaries, negotiation, tactics, all kinds of different stuff. So it's kind of a, a cool collaborative where people share information about the process that they went through. Um, okay. And there's a few places that you'll find stuff like that online. Interesting. So um, when, you,
0: when you say this, uh, this uh, I haven't heard of this app before, but um, people would maybe interview with some company. And they might go and like, say, this is what it was like and tag it with whatever company you can go online and search for that and then read their reviews of the interview process, essentially.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. it's actually a very it's a very honest application, I feel like uh, people do polls on there all the time, like which is the best fang company to work for, or which is the worst or all kinds of different stuff. And And it's really it's. People across the full uh, professional network spectrum. So, um, you know, you can subscribe to if you're working at a larger company, you can subscribe to uh, a particular channel, or if you're about to interview for a channel, or you're focused on trying to get to there. Uh, sometimes it's good just to read what people in that company are talking about, venting about, um, what people share about their experience in terms of interview process or their boss or just really everything. So it's a really cool uh, app that I think that people can use.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, send me that link. We, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. I, I haven't heard that before, but yeah. I know it's something interesting. Um, so research the position. So you mentioned before reading between the lines. Um, let's, let's dive into that too a little bit more. Reading between the lines. What are we looking for when we're trying to read between those lines?
1: I, I think that a lot of times people will say, You know, this is a preferred uh, uh, experience that we would like our candidate to have, or you know, or this is, you know, a uh, an education aspect that we want them to have, and and certain things you can't change about yourself, like you know, if they want a doctorate degree, you can't just like add that to your resume. But when you're reading between the lines, I think you can look at. The software that they're listing and kind of put together a piece or a diagram of what their internal structure looks like. So if they're saying we use Figma and we're looking for someone to help us build a design
0: system, you can start to understand what. No, I said that that. Okay. company looks like internally. Right. So yeah. if, if you, you're hiring or they, they have a listing, I guess, for like a UX designer, and it says something like knowledge of HTML, CSS, JavaScript, a plus. You could probably sure. tell that that person works closely with an engineering team or might even be asked to do some of that work.
1: You could even probably understand the size of a team, depending on how many hats that person's asked to wear. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, if, if the job description is like very broad and it's like, we want someone that can, you know, like you said, do HTML, CSS, they're a UX designer, uh, they're, they know uh, social media and you know, blah, blah, blah. This is probably a company that is fairly small and you're gonna be asked to do a lot of different roles. And depending on what you want out of your career or where you're at in your career, that might be something that you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you're like, I really just wanna do development. Um, I really just wanna do software engineering. I really just wanna do JavaScript, whatever specific language you wanna work in. I think that description can tell you hopefully what or give you a glimpse, at least, into yeah.
0: uh, what that job might be like. I love that. Okay, so you know, there's another thing I'm curious about. You you see a lot of like, you know, talking about like let's say UX designer role, and they 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 throw out some JavaScript framework like Vue or or something that you might not know what that is, um, as a as a UX designer. Um, but you really you're interested in this job. You're interested in this company, um, but this job description has these things you don't know. What, what do you recommend we do in that case? Do you do you just like crumple up the resume and throw in the trash? So screw it <laughs> Or, or what, what do you think? What, 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 how do you handle that?
1: You know, I, I think that you can go out and do some research. I, I think the first thing that I typically do, I, I love watching YouTube videos about software or techniques or different things. I'll usually fire up YouTube, get on there, see if there's uh, anything yeah. out there that I can learn from that. Uh, the other thing is I sometimes will find similar software. Uh, right. So so if they're like, uh, yeah, like, you know, maybe it's like well, we're an Angular company, but you're like, well, I know Node, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and, and I've done some exp- experimentation in that or, or from a UX perspective, like, you know, I've, I've worked in Sketch my whole career. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe I'm not an expert in Figma or XD or whatever, let's say. Yeah. You could say, you know, I've worked in similar software, I've worked in Sketch, and I've done some experiments in Figma. And sometimes I'll even give them a loose timeline of when I think I'll be ramped up. So I'll oh, be like, wow, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, uh, you know, maybe I don't know Figma, but I've done some tutorials and I, I plan on taking a course in the next month. And I'm, you know, gonna be up and running 100% to, to full speed as I was in Sketch on Figma. You know, within yeah. a certain timeline. So that's a
0: good idea. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right on. All right. So we researched the position and then next you you mentioned this researching the organization. Um, who mm-hmm. you know, we we're about to go into this interview with this company. Um, they're obviously gonna expect us to know a little bit about uh about the company and you know, you hear that people say this a lot. Um, you know, you gotta like research the company, you gotta know their history or whatever, their culture, things like that. But but beyond that, um, what, what are some things you, you think we should do when we're, we're looking at the company itself, the organization?
1: Um, you know, one thing I do during the interview process a lot of times is I research the people that are at that company that I'll be talking to. Oh, okay. Um uh, yeah, probably, you know, do some do some light stalking. Uh, <laughs> pull, up their, pull up their LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Hope, and, hope uh, they don't have uh, yeah. uh,
0: you know, uh, the, the view, uh, whatever, turn off. Well,
1: or pull up their LinkedIn from someone else's profile that you know. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, you hack
0: your friend and then see, view it
1: from Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: I mean, maybe check out, I don't know, if they've done any talks or things like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, someone has done a, a speaking engagement or an event, uh, things like that. Pro- just find some... Commonalities or interests, or but even just try to understand like what your coworkers might be like. Are these people that you're gonna want to spend you know eight hours a day or twelve hours a day or however many hours a day you're gonna be working with these people? Yeah. Um, is this someone that you're gonna want to yeah work with? Yeah. So, so
0: you know that's something interesting. Uh, uh, maybe we could chat about because this is something I've I've heard depend totally depends on the size of the company. I know for instance, Google will do completely blind interviews, right? And I think Facebook does a similar thing where you know, to keep bias out of it. They don't have anybody who's going to be working with this person do the interviews. Is that something you've experienced um, at Amazon? I don't know if Amazon does something similar.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's just a matter of staffing too. I I mean, you can't just take everyone off an entire team to do like a single interview. So a lot of times, uh, you know, we'll we'll have a few key team members, uh, particularly like leadership members that, will attend a, a particular interview. Uh, but a lot of people on the team are really more focused on assessing a candidate's skill level, but also yeah. like their behavioral answers and making a prediction based on past experiences. Uh, what's this candidate going to be like uh, at Amazon going forward? Right, like more culture fit. Probably wouldn't say culture fit. I would say more... Are, is this person in line with uh, where we need assistance on our team? So, uh, with a certain group, it might be like we need a, a UX designer that has uh, that has a particular expertise in a design system because that's a piece that's like missing on our team. Yeah. Um, or, or is this candidate the you know a, a person who's uh, you know has experience doing? web design. And, and that's something that we want someone who can converse with the, the developers. Yeah. Um, so I think we're looking at past experiences from a more technical perspective than a personality perspective. Right. But
0: See, yeah. you know, that's, a, that, that's something, it's always like a slippery slope too. It's kind of a tricky thing. Like you don't want to hire assholes. You want to hire people who are generally <laughs> decent human beings. But, you know, at the same time, I think that the challenge there is, you know, you've got a bunch of bros looking for culture fit and in the bro culture. They're going to hire another bro. And you're going to end yeah. up with very so, little diversity yeah. on the team, right? Absolutely, yeah. And
1: Amazon has a lot of really good uh, checks and balances in place to kind of remove bias from the interview process. It's, it's a huge focus. Yeah. I know that you guys in a previous uh, interview even talked about uh, resumes. And, mm-hmm. and a big thing with designers is including, like, we like imagery. So, you know, we're putting our photos on our resumes and, you know, sending those out to people because it looks nice to have a, a picture there. But, you know, we, we don't want to incorporate bias. Uh, a lot of times an initial phone call will be like a phone screen mm-hmm. rather than like a video call. Like there's all kinds of things that we do to really try to understand the candidate um, and, and make sure that we don't uh, yeah. let ourselves be biased.
0: Now, you know, this is sort of off topic here a little bit, but I, I think from the interview ease perspective, um, the way I treat – applying for jobs is I, I sort of treat it like I'm interviewing them as well, right? So like I will throw some things in there that I could maybe be biased. <laughs> uh, I could be, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like I, they could bias against me, I guess. But that's okay because I wouldn't want to work there if that's the case, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Um, so like, yeah, I, yeah. I you know, put stuff like my kids and I, you know, um, I'm older and I have more experience. So like, but if if they don't hire me because I'm old, I don't want to work there. You know, so, um, yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. I guess maybe that's just where your your tolerance level for that, right? like as a as someone applying for jobs, know your tolerance level. Is this something you're okay with people skipping over you because that thing might be? Some type of thing someone could stereotype you on. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I,
0: I, you know, obviously at Amazon we we definitely don't do sure, that. We, yeah,
1: really, yeah. we 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 always do like really uh detailed reports on every interview that we do. And, and we would never include anything like about you know yeah. a person's personal life in there. But right. but I could see, you know, especially if you're working for a smaller company, yeah, I'm sure that something like that could could happen. So yeah. you're right. Even if it's, it's unconscious, you're, right? Absolutely. The unconscious bias is, is really difficult to break, but you know, there are tools and things like that, that, you know, people in HR definitely know how to do all those things and watch for those kind of things. So hopefully the company you're applying for has those uh, precautions and measures in place.
0: So one thing that I I think I I really liked your, uh, your your sort of light stalking you mentioned, I think is what you said. Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, one of the things that um, is like a, a really great interview, trait is just the ability to just converse with someone, right? Just have a conversation with them. And I think the best interviews mm-hmm. I've been on as as an interviewer and the best interviews I've been on as an interviewee have been very fun interviews where I'm just having a conversation. And I think the thing to think about is that if you can go on and find some information, maybe they you went to the same school as them, or maybe you're from the same city as them, it's a way to just start a conversation you know, it probably won't be the reason why you got the job, but it could you know, we went to the same college. You might have some interest in some similarities, something to at least spark a conversation so that you become, you know, less less nervous perhaps or, or more more comfortable having just a kind of banter back and forth.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could even bring up a, a particular skill that you're like, uh, this person also worked in oh, a yeah. uh, cold, cold fusion or flash they, they have action script as like a, a thing on their uh, resume. And you're like, oh, you know, I... Started out as a graphic designer and then I transitioned to web design and started doing flash websites yeah. or something. And they're like, whoa, flash, you know, and like, like that you're way too old for this. Takes guy. me you're back. Yeah. You're overqualified.
2: <laughs> way yeah, too overqualified. yeah,
0: creating unconscious <laughs> bias. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, yeah. all flash, man. I remember the good old days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. all right. So uh so we would do we do some light stocking and kind of check them out. And and you know, I, I would also say too, I I mean, I don't think this is awkward. This happens to me. When I do interviews, and I'm curious what you think is, but if I get uh, a notification on LinkedIn that so and so, who I'm going to interview next week, has been viewed my profile, um, what that says to me is that they're they're doing their due diligence and they're taking the time mm-hmm. to research, right? This thing that they're which which I think Absolutely. says a lot about them personally. I mean, so I guess if you're out there and you're worried about that, maybe don't be because it might actually look better on you than uh, if you don't.
1: Yeah. It's much better than someone showing up being like, uh, what is this interview for? Yeah. Like, oh, what do you guys make again? I don't even know. Not like, having a
0: resume not... or something in your hand. Yeah, hand, right, sure. sure. Yeah. All right. So before we get into it, you mentioned preparing yourself, your diary. We know that people are going to ask us some, some questions, right? Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what are some things that we can maybe prep for to, to we you know, the generic, uh, uh, tell me about a time you had a challenging thing time with a coworker or something. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I, I think we sort of skimmed over. But I, I'd love to sort of maybe circle mm-hmm. back to it. Some ways to prep for those things because we know every interviewer is going to go Google interview questions to ask right before they <laughs> right before they walk into the meeting because we're all busy, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, how do we prep for that? Yeah. So typically, what I do
1: is once we have our our work diary. I can break down all of those jobs or roles uh, into kind of four areas. And this is what I kind of learned in my process researching Amazon interviews. But really, this could be applied across the board, Um, is answering things in a STAR format. Um, And that stands for Situation, Task, Action, and Results. And so whenever I give my answer, I'll start by saying, this is the situation I found myself in. So if it's a time when I had a conflict with a coworker, what was the challenge that I faced? It was, you know, I had a a member on my team who was always coming in late to our meetings on Thursday morning. He was the developer on the team. I needed him to be there because he had information about the project that I just didn't have Um, and it was a, you know, five of us, six of us there. And, and he was just kind of always missing those early morning meetings. So that was the situation I was in. Uh, then I go about the task, like what are the responsibilities? Well, you know, I was the leader of this group. I, I was organizing the meeting. That was kind of my, my roles and responsibilities and I needed him to be there. So what was the action that I took? That's the third step is action. Um, so in this case, I, was like, hey, let's start having our Thursday morning meetings at a coffee shop rather than at the office. And I knew this guy was a big barista, like coffee head, like he, he loved like good coffee. So I was like, hey, how about you pick the place and we'll all meet there at that coffee shop and have our Thursday morning meetings there. Uh, that was the action I took, and then the result was, you know, he was really invested in like getting there and organizing the the coffee meetup and that kind of thing. And so he started showing up to all the Thursday morning meetings, and and we got the you know project back on task and all of that, and delivered on time and all of that stuff. So. Yeah, You really kind of want to break down a project with, like I said, the situation, the task, the action, and the results. And if you look up star format, you can find all kinds of really good videos on how to deliver a good star format answer. Mine was probably not that good, but (laughs) challenges with a coworker, that's like always a really hard one to answer. So uh, as long as you don't say, I punched him in the
0: face. and. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what you're saying, I guess, is like we want to prep prep these ahead of time, right? We want to practice. We want to look at in the mirror and talk in the mirror as if we're talking to the interviewer and, and try to do this, um, and uh, and just get more comfortable, right? And I think I guess what we don't want to do is just be like, um, hmm, uh, well, oh, that's a hard question. Uh, you know, we want to be ready because we know we're going to get these types of questions. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So the start. All right. So now we're ready for the behavioral interview. Day of the interview. You get there. Actually, maybe you're not even going to get there because nowadays everything's remote, right? (laughs) So, um, I I guess let's, uh, let's start off with remote because I think that's probably the most common going forward. A lot of people are looking at remote first companies. So maybe the days of in-person interviews are, 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 long gone at this point. Um, What do we do the day of Uh, getting in there? I don't know. Tips and tricks on on how to ace that interview when you're actually sitting in in that Zoom meeting or whatever it is. What, what What do we do? Sure. Uh, well, hopefully you've you know prepared beforehand and
1: you've got your gear right. I would say probably, probably if gear. it's a remote oh, interview, okay. yeah, it's the most important thing. I mean, I've gotten on an interview where somebody, it was like really choppy and I was having a hard time understanding their answers because their internet was cutting out. Uh, yeah. I would say put yourself in a position to succeed. So right. make sure that you've got the right internet speed or that you're at a location that has good internet connectivity. Um, check your lighting, like test your camera, Um, make sure that your microphone is working well. Maybe, you know, invest in a better mic if you're using a terrible microphone so that they can really clearly hear you. Uh, Also check for like echo. Uh, A lot of times if you're in like an empty room, like it's easy enough to just like kind of push some furniture in there and kind of fill it up with some stuff to kind of reduce that echo. Um, and make sure that your background is, you know, there's not like a Slayer poster <laughs> yeah. or something. I mean, that might, that might create some unconscious bias, sure, you know, yeah. that you don't want, but just test everything. Yeah. Make sure that, that you're ready. I, I know whenever I was doing my interview for Amazon, I, I had my girlfriend go in the other room with her laptop and we did like a practice zoom call ah, and she that's like good captured idea. all this stuff. Like so I could like, of what she, yeah, yeah, she, 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 yeah, she recorded, you know, like five minutes of a zoom call and I tried the mic in different places and the height of the camera and different things like that. Yeah. And where the lighting was, I mean I definitely was making sure that the gear was was right. So I love it.
0: yeah, she, she's yeah. like, Your your uh, design of everyday things book isn't quite in the shot. So put it in <laughs> all your all your UX books need to be right there perfect so we know that you're well read. Exactly. Well-read. Um you know what the interesting thing too is that with this stuff, when we're all remote, all of that gear you keep and it makes for perfect uh zoom calls and and remote meetings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna make your life easier in the long run anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. I used just, to work with this guy um, who uh, we would do remote calls sometimes, and he would be like in a dark room <laughs> with his like <laughs> lights off or something, and like all you could see was the light from his computer, and it was like the creepiest thing. It was just, it was just so. It looked so. Weird. I'm like, dude, just turn the lights on, man. And he had like, um, <laughs> right. It had. Uh, it was funny. This was uh, this was something to think about too beforehand. Is where is the placement of your webcam? So this dude had, like, a Dell, and at the time, Dell put the uh, cameras in the bottom of the monitor? And so, like all you could see was his fingers, like typing, as he was like on a meeting. <laughs> it was like the weirdest thing. I'm like, dude, this is just so awkward. Oh, yeah, man. please, like it's up. like
1: that movie Brazil or something, where yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like a like wide angle. You can see the fingers typing. Was, like, the yeah, yeah, right.
0: Thing. Um, but yeah, you know that's a, that's something you, yeah. you mentioned, like, like a blue Yeti or a Snowball, one of those you know, relatively cheap, like I don't know, fifty bucks. Yeah. And and yeah, you're gonna exactly. use these things regardless of where you end up. Landing right, and most of these places you'll be remote or, or hybrid, work from home a couple of days a week or something, and so right. you know you're gonna need a nice mic, a nice camera, things like that. The other thing too, you mentioned lighting. A lot of people don't even think about, but Amazon, you can get these little lights, a ring light or something, for super like cheap, ten bucks, yeah. fifteen bucks, you know, yep. like, and set them up, and, and 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 the lighting. I think that's one thing people just ignore quite often is like <laughs> on web calls is just the lighting you know like they're lit from the back so you can't see their face it's just like a right, you know, a, blank, right a, black, a silhouette yeah, right. Yeah, um, right, yeah so but i love that so the gear so that's really good so um so we get our gear we sound really good we look great that's just part of it the remote interviewer is there anything unique about the remote interview other than obviously being remote that you may not have in an in-person interview
1: yeah, well, I, I hate to say it, you know, but you got your you got your cheat sheet there. So you can oh, you advantage. can have all of your notes. Yeah, you can have all your notes pulled up and they'll they'll they're not going to know. They'll never <laughs> you
2: know.
1: Can, they'll never know. How are they going to know? I, I mean, you got your you got your research there, you got your stories, your your work diary there. You've got your you know, you can have your resume, yeah. your bio pulled up. So when they ask you like tell me about yourself, you've just got it ready to go.
0: Totally off topic. But I saw like a funny meme online about interviewing recently. And there's like a technical interview that they give software engineers a lot about uh, sorting, like the sorting algorithm mm, or something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the, the guy mm-hmm, was like, how would you figure out blah, 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 blah. And the guy was like, I'd Google it. I <laughs> <That> was like, <laughs> I, I, I just Google it, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just, but that's not what you're supposed to do in this. It's like, yeah, but that's what I would do in real life. I could, anyway. Um, exactly. So anyway. All right. So question about clothing, things to wear. Ways to speak, ways to present yourself. I know, like a lot of times, designers tend to be seen as more artsy, and so we, I guess, have a little more leeway in what we wear and how we how we speak. Um, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. there on the interview process? What do you do? Is, Are there certain expectations? I guess this is different for every company. Every culture has different right. expectations, but generally speaking, can we make some yeah assumptions? I mean assumptions?
1: I don't think you could be overdressed necessarily. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right; it does all come back to research all comes back to understanding the corporate culture at the place that you're going to go work Um, if you're at a shop with three people uh, it's going to be a lot you know more lax than if you're at a company with uh, 5,000 people and if they have a really strict HR department like you really have to kind of do that research but I would say you can't be really overdressed Mm -hmm. Um, there's probably no need to wear like a three-piece suit, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? If you if you want to do that, you can do that totally. Like no one's gonna ever criticize you for being overdressed. Yeah, uh, they might be like, "Oh, it's kind of weird he wore a tux to the interview." Yeah. But but he's yeah. an art he's an artist. So
0: we yeah gonna, um, <laughs> exactly. You know, this is another yeah. thing too where I I tend to err on the side of me being comfortable and myself. And so sure. I'm not gonna wear a tank top, um, but I certainly feel like. I want to find a company where I fit in. And so I will be myself and I will act and speak and dress the way I would normally act and speak and dress. Um, And so I I guess where I'm coming from is I'm willing to take that risk of not getting hired if they didn't like one of those things. But it probably is. And really, if that's, you know, yeah, if
1: that's important to you too. I mean, I think that's like a personal thing where you're like, I, I, I want to be able to be a certain way at the office and that's definitely about understanding the company yeah. and the fit that you have at that company um but yeah I would definitely say like there's a certain level of like showing respect for the person interviewing you and their time and all of that stuff and so yeah you know make sure even if you're wearing like something casual probably just make sure that it's like pressed and looks nice and yeah. Yeah. It
0: didn't just come off the floor or something. Yeah. So you know, it's funny, man. Um, Speaking of like, this is how I would dress it. This is myself. We, we work for like a, a, generally a giant corporation, Mm -hmm. arguably, arguably one of the biggest corporate conglomerates in the world. And we used to have a team in Hungary. I had, I had a few designers out there and I was UX lead in this project and we had four or five teams of developers. And so I would spend a lot of time in Hungary. I'd go there once a year or twice a year sometimes. It could be just the language. But the thing is, everybody there spoke English. Like, very rarely did anyone not speak English. There was a guy that had this shirt. He came in, and he had um, one of the developers from, from Budapest, sleeveless shirt, cut off jeans. And the shirt said, get smarter overnight, sleep with a developer. And he had this, like, wow. on at the office, and I was just like, "Wow, is, what? Like, in Connecticut, you have to wear a <laughs> coat to work, and, like, you're wearing the shirt, cut off jeans? It was just the funniest thing. Um uh-huh. But you know what? He, he didn't get fired. They
1: let him have it. When I was working in New Orleans, uh, it gets really hot there in the summer, and we were on the 25th floor of a very nice building in the Central Business District, and uh, it, like, looked out on Lafayette Square, and yeah. just, like, you know, really swanky office everyone there was like lawyers mostly and uh you know corporate tax whatever all kinds of different stuff but everyone's wearing suits and i'm there every day in flip flops and shorts and a t-shirt because that's just how we rolled yeah, in uh, of in our office and uh <laughs> and i had a guy in the elevator ask me one time he goes like what i see you in here all the time like what do you do <laughs> i'm a lawyer and uh i and I, yeah and i told him yeah i'm i i'm a ux designer i work on software design and understanding the users and blah blah, blah. and he was like okay that makes sense
0: yeah. so <laughs> um, glad you didn't say yeah. law clerk um yeah that's funny, <laughs> right, right Um yeah. yeah it's just funny like yeah. different people they expect and uh I'm sure if you're interviewing for a law position, the, the some of these tips that we're giving you on how to dress and speak are probably not <laughs> accurate. We're speaking specifically software well, industry UX design software. General. Yeah. You know what? How about this, Jeremy?
1: I would say it's interviewing is like a date, right? Like you're yeah. you're trying to show your best
0: self. Like so just treat it that way. Treat it like, like
1: a date. I like it, it. it.
0: Okay. Treat it like a date. Yeah. I'm for it. Um all right. <laughs> and so all right, cool. So um remote interview what about in per- any any tips for in-person interview? I guess about the same, right? I mean, you don't have the notes, but you don't need the gear. But uh, in person, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is something I've wondered a lot is, you know, I hear a lot of times like bring a pen, bring a notebook so that it lo- you can take notes. I don't know if anybody ever takes notes, in an inter- the interviewee rather. Is that something like you, you care about if somebody brings a resume or not, a copy of the resume or if they bring a pen or if they bring a notebook or whatever? Does that matter?
1: You know, I don't think it hurts to do any of that stuff, mm-hmm. but I typically don't take notes whenever I'm interviewing. I'm more focused on keeping the interview conversational and uh, I, I find it challenging to multitask. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more focused on the actual conversational aspect of it. Uh, but in terms of bringing like a resume, that's never, no one's ever going to be like, oh, they brought a resume. They're out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could only help you. Right. So right. sure. Why not? Yeah. So bring some resumes. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, maybe you show up and they forgot to bring a printout and you're like,
0: I got one right here. Like, oh, we can go over everything. Save so, the day. Yeah. Remember that, interviewer. <laughs> um, so, all right. So that's the, the behavioral interview, the technical interview. So we're going to do a full episode on this about whiteboard challenges, but but that's not the only type of technical interview. And certainly for software developers, the whiteboard challenge means something completely different. Let's talk a little bit about technical interviews, and the different types and, and those types of things. Sure.
1: I love whiteboard design challenges. I'm, Me too. I gotta be, yeah, I love taking them. I love watching people do them. Yeah. Uh, I, I think designing on the fly is like such a cool thing. And like, we need to get like a WDC battle royale like competition going. Uh, I don't know. There's gotta be something out there for that. But, yeah. Whiteboard design challenges are basically like you get a topic mm-hmm. and then they're going to ask you, uh, you know, you well, t- typically what you really want to do is ask all the questions. So yeah. they're looking to see that you're understanding the problem um, well before you ever present a solution. So I would say like 80 percent of the whiteboard design challenge is going to be are they asking the right questions and understanding the needs of the users? Uh Other types, there's going to be, if you're coming from a software development thing, there may be a coding challenge. That can come in the form of like an in-person coding challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be an assignment, like take it home. There may be a time limit. There may not be a time limit. You'll probably want to get it back to them um, pretty quickly, but... You know, some people are like, hey, I'm going to email you this and you've got four hours from the time that I email it to you to finish this and send it back. Yeah. Other ones are like, send it back to me whenever you find time to do it. Yeah. Um, there's going to really be the full gamut there. But I do think technical interviews are a chance for you to kind of shine because um, depending on your skills, you if you're understanding that you're going to have to do one of these challenges, there are some ways that you can prep. And especially from like a remote world, you can like, let's say uh, you have a, an Envision freehand board or something, and it's already made, uh, or a Miro board, and it's already made with your outline of your whiteboard design challenge. Uh, that was something that the interviewer I asked, like, hey, can I use this uh, template that I made beforehand? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's awesome. I I love that you prepped and made all the sections so that you can ask the right questions and get to the solution and I had wireframe little modules kind of built out like buttons and different things uh, so I'm smart, not yeah. doing it from scratch yeah so I think that in the remote world there's ways that are different that you can even prep so yeah. um you if know if it's a coding test for the yeah, whiteboard your, challenge
0: um <laughs> if it's remote one thing that um I so I do a lot of mentor uh, work with ADP list and um I had one person asked for help with the whiteboard challenge prep. And she had a whack, uh, Wacom tablet. Wacom tablet. I don't mm. that's a stupid word. Mm-hmm. A Wacom tablet, right? <laughs> like a little bamboo mm-hmm. tablet. And um, mm-hmm. she was able to like literally draw on the thing. I was like, oh my God, this is so smart. I never really thought of that. I'm sitting here fumbling right, around trying right. to do it with like a trackpad. You know, it looks like crap. Um, <laughs> right, and right. she's drawn away as if she was on an actual whiteboard. And I was like, you know, if you've got I don't know when those laying around a lot of a lot of designers have those laying around just sort of they bought them years ago for school or something and they've been sitting in a closet for probably the last five years um, pull it out you know that's probably something to make you make you a lot more efficient be pretty impressive how quick you're able to do these things yeah and with with design challenges too there's like
1: great websites out there that have like the challenges written out yeah. like or suggested ones so you can definitely go through and do some practice ones have your co-workers or friends or whatever be your uh, proctor for those tests. And, yeah. Now,
0: uh, we, we talked about practicing everything else. I think, again, the technical challenge, the whiteboard challenge, this is, again, something I feel like the more you practice, the more comfortable you will become. And, you know, the whiteboard challenge, especially, all eyes are on you. It's a very terrifying uh, scenario. <laughs> you know, every you're the one It's you make or break, right? You ask the right questions, you don't screw it up. Uh, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you become you know, the more fun you have with it and just like everything else, the more fun you have with it, I think the, the more, uh, the more impressive, the better you'll be. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and like, you can't really
1: over prepare for these things. So, yeah. and, and hopefully you can make it to where it's actually enjoyable. Uh, even if it's a coding <laughs> challenge, hopefully you'll even learn something new, you know, like maybe you'll learn a new design technique or a new coding technique or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah.
0: Now for, uh, the take home, challenge or, or, or something like that. Do you you have any, any tips on, on how to be successful there or? Yeah. With, with a
1: take home challenge, I think, uh, that's a really good chance to shine depending on if it's timed or not. Um, if it is timed, you know, you're probably going to be limited to what you can actually do. Uh, but you could have, uh, an untimed challenge where you're like, maybe I'm going to stay up an extra three or four hours that night. And, add some extra JavaScript animations on something or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, uh, create a, rather than just create like a mock-up. So I'm going to actually make like a clickable prototype or something from a design perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just I think it just depends on the company, but, uh, hopefully you can share with the company that you're interviewing with, The things that you are most interested in and where you bring the most value to the team that you're joining. So um, if you're really good at um, transition animations or um, video or whatever it is, like incorporating that into your, your work
0: and really making sure that they... See that. Yeah. Now, we interviewed a guy uh, guys, few, several months back, Brian Friedman. Um, and one of the things that he mentioned, this is something I had never heard of before, but have, are you familiar with the show Silicon Valley? Yeah, for so sure. So he, he said that he got Silicon valley And the show, I, I've actually never seen the show. Uh, it's on HBO, I think. I don't, I don't have HBO, whatever it is. I haven't seen it. Anyway, <laughs> um, they invited him in. Some company invited him in did a technical interview, had him do a whiteboard challenge. He was a developer and he, he, you know, gave him a bunch of ideas and all this crap and they never, he never heard back from them. And apparently like this is something some super shady companies will do is they'll get a bunch of people in and get basically free consulting by pretending to interview them, get, uh, get their, get them to the whiteboard challenge section, technical interview, get their ideas (laughs) and then ghost them basically. (laughs) Have you heard of this happening? Is this a common thing?
1: Uh, you know, for. I've definitely, I've definitely felt like that feeling of like, well, is this person giving me a take-home assignment right. because they want me to do their work for them, or you know, like, I've definitely felt That's that. That's a brilliant but, idea, man. Just to like poke, yeah. like a bunch of job postings, and like, hey, here's all right, the stuff I need right. done
0: next quarter. Could you just do it for me?
1: <laughs> right. No, but I, I don't think that. That happens that often. There's probably a lot of parallel thinking, uh, particularly like with a whiteboard design challenge. If they're giving you all of the prompts, they're typically guiding you to the answer that they want. Right. Um, and whether that's you know design an app that uh, will remind me to, I don't know, water my plants or like whatever the thing is that you are you're doing for that design challenge, they're gonna be when you're asking questions like you know, tell me about this user and tell me about whatever. They're giving you all the information yeah. and you're supposed to synthesize that to come to a solution. So Yeah, they've got the backstory in their head. They just want you yeah. to get it out of them right. Sure, and hopefully you are coming to the same conclusion that they've already come to. And then, you know, that that will only bode well for All right,
0: for and so for results. a deeper dive into the Whiteboard Challenge, check out episode four of the Get Hired series where we will interview <laughs> Ray Lemon from GE Aviation and we'll do a Whiteboard Challenge Uh, on the air with Ray. So keep an eye out for that. Um, real quick. I personally, I hate take home challenges for a couple of reasons. One, people got shit to do. People got Mm -hmm. families. They got stuff. Like if I try to go to and apply to a place right now, two kids and a full time job, I'm also trying to maybe hire a new, uh, get a new job. Um, I would have no time to do a take home challenge. And I, I so when I do interviews, I, I tend to not want to do a take home challenge just because I feel like it's very disrespectful for the people that are interviewing. You know, everybody's got stuff to do, especially right now with COVID. It's all like crazy. Everything's a mess. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like the take home challenges. That's me personally. The second reason I don't like the take home challenge and why I much prefer an in-person or, or remote uh, whiteboard challenge is it doesn't give me any insight into the person's process. It only lets me see the end result. And mm-hmm. the end result to me is less important when I'm interviewing than the, how you got there, right? And um, so I don't know. If anyone's out there listening and you're doing interviews and you're trying to give people take-home challenges, stop. Um, <laughs> I don't think you get as great a result. Um, you know, you have no idea what they did and, and you don't know how they got there. Um, and what you're really looking for, I think, in, a, in, a, in an interview setting like this is really the process, the thought process, how they got there, the questions they ask, the – the uh, you know, the, the the conversations that they have, the the insights that they bring as they go, um, as opposed to just like, here's this really pretty thing I designed, you know, that's my thoughts on. We it. need to come up with a with a hashtag for this and get this movement started. Yeah, man, I just I don't like the take home challenge. I just think all around it's not great for them. It's not great right. for you. I just do the yeah. do the whiteboard. I think the thing honestly is people are just scared of the whiteboard challenge. Um, and I I would think even like interviewers are probably scared of the whiteboard challenge. I how. Like, unless you do them for fun, how often are you really doing a whiteboard challenge? True. Probably not very often. And so you're probably scared to facilitate them, I would imagine, people who are apprehensive to do a whiteboard challenge. Um, you know, I think it's it's just less work all around. It's easier for you. You don't have to go and, like, look up a bunch of stuff and, like, try to analyze some, some homework assignment, essentially. Um, anyway, rant over jay sorry about that um all right (laughs) so we let's just say we ace the take-home challenge we ace the whiteboard challenge we ace the behavioral uh interview the technical interview all that stuff um what do we do when that interview is done what's the next step
1: yeah uh i guess it just depends on the company but i a lot of times i'll i'll shoot someone a thank you message you know maybe that's just like a southern thing i don't know i Uh, I do it too but yeah yeah it's like yeah like a thank you a thank you note yeah i i definitely do uh if i if i have that person's contact yeah. information depending on the interview you may not have access to all that information but yeah. it depends on the job that you're interviewing for, now
0: here's yeah. a question is it awkward to send someone a linkedin connection request after an interview mm, before wow, you've gotten the a job or not man that's a that's a
1: deep cut question right there uh I would probably wait until after yeah. the interview process. Like if they send you an offer and let's say either you accept it or you don't, yeah. I would I would probably add them after yeah. uh, that process. but but yeah, I think that there's nothing wrong after that offer process takes place. Yeah. Uh, but beforehand,
0: I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a little like, no, I ask you this because I've awkward, had this yeah. happen to me and it's just sort of I'm like awkward, but you know, they, yeah, they send me, I, yeah. it, the interview didn't go very well. I felt like it just what well, we weren't jiving. I probably wasn't going to offer this person a job of, you know, you know, kind of after an interview, you're just like, mm, no, nope, not that person. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I've got, but I, then I got a, I got a connection request afterwards from them and I was just like, Oh God, this is weird. You know, like I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna talk to this guy. What's going to happen now that we're we're connected? Um, so you know that's something that maybe you know I think this is again one of those things when you're sending connection requests, you always send a note. You don't just send a blind connection request. That's something we talked about, Mm -hmm. Christine. You you know, just um connection requests. Hey, I really enjoy the conversation we had. Blah blah blah. Maybe you know, to like to your point, not immediately after. Maybe a few days. Maybe once the whole process is done, um, you wait and see. Uh, but yeah, I think I I like your. I like your uh, your your thought process there. So post interview thank you note. I like that a lot. You know, I did uh, when I was a graphic designer. I had my own stationery, and I, I had like even like matching envelopes. And I printed out, you know, like and I wrote a thank you note in person, and I brought it back to the um, to the, the the company. Left it at the front desk, and they they gave it to the people at work and stuff like that. Um, I didn't actually get that job, so I don't know if it was because of the thank you notes or even in spite of the thank you notes. I don't know what uh-huh. happened. Um, yeah. Anyway, they ended up hiring me again like a year later as a, as a developer, but I didn't get the graphic designer job. Maybe that says something about my design skills more than anything else. But anyway, um, that kind of thing, I don't know, maybe that's overkill. In the, in the age of LinkedIn and, and post-COVID remote, everything remote, maybe you don't need to do those You know, handwritten thank you notes. It might be overkill might be weird. People might think it's weird now. It might have been weird then. Maybe that's why I didn't get the job. <laughs> um anyway, so uh so you you did all that stuff, you got your thank you note. They loved you. Offer letter. Um this is the big thing. I think a lot of people kind of just they they maybe they're really great designers. Maybe they're really great interviewers, but they are just really crappy negotiators.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people
0: like that. I know a lot of
1: people that are like if I come back with a counter offer, I'm not gonna get that job. Mm-hmm. That is not true, <laughs> it's just simply not true. I, this company, no matter what company you're interviewing for, has invested resources in interviewing you multiple times. They've probably interviewed multiple people for this role. They've sent you an offer because they're like, this is the person that we want. So I would say know your worth. Like you should know first of all comparable salaries in the industry uh you should you know obviously you know what you're making currently and then uh you can do some research online you can use tools like levels.fyi uh, glassdoor the blind app um, all kinds of different uh, tools or you could even negotiate multiple offers like if you've sent out and you're like you know I, i'm I, I'm deep in the interview process with another company and I'm expecting to hear back with them um, and a couple days with an offer like that, that's something that companies will definitely be motivated to try to wrap up and, right. and get you there. So I, don't come like super heavy handed, but yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: get what makes you happy and why, what, what you'll be happy with to take that job. Yeah. Now, you know, it's funny. Now it funny. I guess like interesting is now post-COVID where people are going more remote, hybrid, or at least remote first, those, those glass door estimates, I remember this was, I don't know, God, f- God, 10 years ago. You know, I would look up those glass door uh, uh, jobs for like graphic designer or UX designer. And they had these averages that just seemed way more than like anybody in New Orleans was paying at the time. And you go mm-hmm. into like a, a company in New Orleans, and they they laugh you out the door, and ah, like, oh, the cost of living's so low here. You know, we don't pay New York salary here; it doesn't cost nearly as much to live. But nowadays, where where these companies are looking all over the world, or all over the, the the country at least, for the same role to be filled, that one role to be filled, you could hire anybody in you know rural Mississippi or right in midtown Manhattan, and they're applying for that same job. So are those glass door salary estimates and things now maybe becoming more homogenous, more accurate for anybody, no matter where they live?
1: Yeah, well, I I definitely think there's going to be,
0: we live in interesting times, but I think there's
1: going to be like a mass democratization of salaries Uh uh, soon, um, particularly with uh, some of these big tech companies that are based in very expensive areas to live and people start working remotely remotely but i think that there will be a combination of things that'll happen it'll be like if you're living in a less expensive place i mean hopefully the salary doesn't change too much i think that you know we all are accustomed to a certain salary but if you're able to move to another state and be close to your parents and whatever whatever the things that motivate you close to yeah. the beach if that's what you want to do i think that everyone's going to have to start weighing like dollar signs with the benefits of being able to live the way you want to live so the opportunity cost of living
0: in by the beach versus yeah right right, right, right.
1: sure yeah yeah i think that like everyone's going to have to make those decisions soon and i think it's going to be really interesting to see um what happens in the next like one or two
0: years it's going to happen quickly though for sure um yeah, yeah. It's kind of frightening too, though, for for people who might be used to being a, a sort of a big fish in a small market, to suddenly being a, a small fish in a big ocean, applying for, <laughs> for for gigs that you know, the lead designer at Google is now applying for, or whatever. Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting dynamic how that's just flipping all this stuff around. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Now now people are applying for those same roles no matter where they are, and. You've you've now got to compete. Absolutely, yeah, it's wacky. All right, so um, the negotiation piece is this something? You, would you always lead with a counteroffer?
1: I I think that I usually have a number in mind. They always say that the person who gives a number first loses, and I I still think that's probably true. I if you know if somebody asks you like, what are you expecting in terms of compensation for this role? I would probably say, uh, something along the lines of, uh, if you're moving to a new city, be like, you know, I'm, uh, the cost of living, uh, I'm not really sure, like I'm going to be moving there. Mm-hmm. And so I would much prefer you make an initial offer. Uh, there's other ways of countering that question, but yeah. typically there's ways that you can say, you know, obviously I'm going to be moving to a, a new level and I want to be compensated at the responsibility level within the organization that, um, whatever, and, and then ask them to make a, an offer before you say a number, because yeah. sometimes they might make an offer that's significantly higher than what you had in mind. Yeah. Um, and if it's lower, you can always counter or just turn it down. So um, yeah, that's typically my my process for negotiating. So this
0: kind of leads into the question of, of, you kind of mentioned, give me an offer, but how do you handle that question of what's your current salary? Sure. Uh, I would never really
1: answer that. Never answer. <laughs> probably. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would never answer that. Um, or, because or add $20,000 to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or that, uh, you know, I would probably say something along the lines of like, yeah, I, I have a, a, a number in mind for where I want to be in my next position. And I'm hoping that our, in, our, we have the same number in mind and I'd like you to make an initial offer. I would always come back and say something that pushes the question back on them. But yeah. Yeah. Because if you give a number, they're, they're definitely going to come just above that. If you're like, this is what I'm making now, they'll be like, okay, we'll add five or $10,000 to that. And You'll be happy. Right. Like, no, like if you're moving to a new city, you're changing your life, you're doing all these things.
0: There's a number that you have in mind of what you want to be compensated for for that role. So now how do you handle negotiating extra perks, things like maybe vacation time or 401k matching or other benefits? Um, I guess not every company would really negotiate that. But is it possible maybe to, I don't know, get a lower salary for more vacation days or, or something like that? Yeah, I would, I, I would say
1: everything is negotiable depending on the company. Um, some companies are definitely not going to be able to do that. But I would say if you negotiate something to get it in writing, uh, I've had people negotiate with a recruiter. And then they were like, oh, I was supposed to get 10 extra days a year of leave. And I they agreed to that. But it wasn't in the contract. And then that person that was the recruiter is a third party recruiter or is no longer, they leave the company after six months and you don't realize and they're gone and then you're stuck and yeah, there's no record of it. So get anything in the offer letter, get everything in the contract you sign all that stuff. Um, But everything is negotiable. Like particularly when you join a company, uh, move relocation, uh, vacation, uh, yeah, location, (laughs) I mean, like, really
0: everything. So awesome. All right. And then you get the job. Uh, Is it what is it over at that point? It's done. Uh, Yeah, let's see post
1: offer. Let's see what what can you do? I would say probably don't leave your previous company on a bad note. Yeah uh delete where, all their files from leaving? drive or yeah something show you <laughs> take a <Boop>. shit yeah <laughs> take a shit in the file cabinet don't do that like <laughs> no like seriously like you, these guys you probably worked with them and if you even if it was good or it was bad whatever time heals all wounds so mm-hmm. just don't leave on a bad note like that's your opportunity to give some recommendations for your Pastoral. If you're on your way out, it's also a chance to like lift up your community and your network. Mm-hmm. Find someone who, uh, will be a good replacement for you. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. It's going to make, it's going to make stronger connections for you. It's going to show that you're a leader within the industry. You're like getting all your friends, cool jobs. And you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a good way to, uh, to, to
0: show your leadership. So and then when you come back and poach that same person a year later, they won't think you're as big of a jerk. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, wouldn't we, be working here if it wasn't for me. Uh, all right. So, so that's awesome. So we we covered uh, you know some tips about um, uh, about how to prep, some t- some tips about in person, remote versus in person, technical interview, behavioral interview, negotiating. I think that's the big one. That's something I think, uh, like you said, um, never never tell them what you make now. That's just the the wrong decision to, to make because you yeah. you're never. You know, let them make a first uh, a first offer. I love that idea. Um, I'm a terrible negotiator, man. I have been.
2: Mm.
0: I actually found out at the last job I was at that I was making about as much as the interns did because oh. I, I did the whole, like, oh, that's my current salary. I just, I'm just so bad at, at negotiating. I feel uh, like I've made so what's... much less than I should have been making for, like, most of my career. But yeah. um, let me ask you, what is your what's your worst interview that you've ever had? The worst interview that I've ever had, um, like oh, from which side of the table? <laughs> like I've been on. Oh that. no! Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. From I was gonna I was from thinking for like me that
1: you interviewed. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: So I um, let's see. Gosh, that's a great question. I've never really had a bad interview experience, to be honest. Like, I've only really had, geez, let's see, five jobs. Okay. So I've only really, I guess, interviewed, you know, a handful of times. And generally speaking, like, I'm not, like, job hump, hopping very often. And so mm-hmm. it's like I, I have a, a friend who works at that place. So, like, you know, I, I kind of have an in and I sort of know if I can get that job or not. And so, sure, yeah, you know, I got to be honest, man. I haven't really had a lot of bad interviews. I, I've only, like, that one I like, get at, at that ad agency that I talked about where I, I was applying for uh, an interview – um my uh, or applying for a graphic design job, I had to give them a presentation, and I was at a uh, you know, a startup doing like UX design, and I was trying to go back to this ad agency because they had benefits and we wanted to have kids and stuff, so I wanted to get you know mm-hmm. the benefits and all that crap, four hundred one k matching, which I didn't get at the startup, um, so I had a lot of like UX stuff, and they just like didn't get UX stuff; they were just like graphic designers designing like you know ad campaigns and shit like that for, you know, web banners was like the most tech thing that they did. A lot of traditional stuff. And so they just didn't get it and it was just like kinda awkward. And I think I use a lot of buzzwords that I probably shouldn't have or like technical terms <laughs> and the stuff that they just didn't <laughs> understand. I didn't know my audience. It wasn't really that bad, mm-hmm. but I could tell like later I was like, I didn't I didn't do that well. But yeah, that's probably yeah. me. I don't know. Um what about you? What's your what's your worst <laughs> interview any <awkward>? uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's the same thing, man. I think it always comes down to, like, knowing your audience. Like, I I was interviewing for a FANG company about three years ago before I got Amazon, and I didn't really know what the interview process was. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, with these bigger companies, is like, it's a well-documented thing. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do. So I interviewed just like I've interviewed for every other job. You know, like, I... I got on the phone call and they're like, all right, let's walk through your portfolio. First of all, I didn't realize they meant like deck where you walk through and you're like breaking down like each project that you worked on and the situation, task, action results like of each of those projects. So I just pulled up my website and I'm like walking (laughs) them through and I'm like, here's my portfolio and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like showing them case studies. But like, I didn't know you were supposed to make a deck. And uh, I think it's this, so it's this thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect Uh where it's like. You know, I thought I killed that interview. I got off the phone call and I'm like telling everybody like, man, I've got this amazing new job and they're going to make an offer any day. But like, I didn't understand how the process worked. And, and with the Dunning-Kruger effect, it's like when someone ha- doesn't have an understanding of the full extent of a, of a, of scope that they think that they're like an expert. Uh-huh. And then as their understanding of that subject increases, they're like, wow, this is a much bigger subject than I ever realized. So it's like that saying, like, you know, the more you know, the more you realize how little you know. Right, or something. Right, right. So it's like, yeah. So I I just, I thought I killed it. Like, I walked out of there, mic drop, whatever. And they're like, <laughs> like, like 20 minutes later, like, uh, no, nah, we're not interested.
0: Oh, it's immediate. <laughs> like, oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take it back. All, all your friends that you yeah. like, told about this like, I was joking. Oh, Those yeah. Stupid <laughs> exactly. people. They do. I didn't want to work for them anyway. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Like, uh, that's something I think a lot of maybe like uh, junior designers probably have this problem of the, the Dunning Kruger effect thinking they know more than they actually do perhaps. Mm -hmm. Or the converse, maybe they actually have like imposter syndrome and they don't even think that they know as much as they actually know. (laughs) Maybe the opposite. I don't know if that's double, double double-sided sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're right though. Because, but you know what? Like, Man, we thought we were such badass designers back in the day, and yeah. if you look back at like your old portfolio oh, stuff, worst. like you're just like, oh, it's so embarrassing, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Oh, um, I actually, but, you, but when you were making it, you're like, oh man, this <laughs> is the good. Oh,
0: yeah. I actually went through and like culled most of the crap on my portfolio because it was just so, so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. yeah. Any other tips? Any other closing closing things before we we get hop into this or that? I only got some questions. I'm yeah. Asking. Well, I
1: I think it's really cool that we're getting to talk to like. This group of people that are mid-shifting mm-hmm. in their career and or coming out of like a code academy or doing these different things, because you know, I, I really think this generation is kind of built different. And and I really see that resiliency as a strength. Like if you're shifting your career mm-hmm. during a pandemic, there's like economic turmoil, there's all these things, like we're having to learn how to work remotely you're going to probably have a different set of skills than some of the people that have been Mm. like long tenured at these companies. So
2: um,
1: I, I think that we should definitely start treating like our ability to bounce back and, and that thing as like a, as an age group, like, you know, in our age group too, going through like an economic recession and like, mm-hmm. you know, when we were first getting out of college and like then going into
0: like this, it's like, you know, we're we're a pretty resilient group. So, yeah. you know. So, you know, this actually reminds me of something uh, Christine and I talked about when we talked about our portfolio, we talked about the about section, right? And again, you know, our, our target audience for this series is, you know, pe- mid-career shifters, people who have had a, maybe a, a decent amount of time doing something else. And just like you said, There's an, you know, people making this shift, there's an interesting story there. And when you write that work diary, this is, I think, Mm -hmm. something for those people who have made that shift. You were doing something else and something in your life happened that made you say, screw it. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something I love. Right. I want to do this other thing that I find really interesting. I think that that should be something you put in that work diary that you make sure you talk about in the interview when they ask about. Tell us about you. That almost is like something I would, you know, uh, you know, Chris. this is something Christine mentioned. She said, if you haven't been doing UX in the past, don't lead with where you've been. Lead with where you want to go and let where mm. you've been be sort of the fuel that gets you there. Um, mm. But I think that, that I don't want to say, I don't know, maybe maybe leading with it might not be the right thing. But, but just make sure you bring up the fact that you had some moment in your life that was just so important to you that you said, screw it all, I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, well, Jeremy, you know, as a super
1: fan, I, as a super fan, I got to tell you, I loved when you brought up in the, one of the previous episodes, the person who worked at the restaurant and talking about, yes, uh, oh, yeah. doing the UX, uh, research or user research, yeah. I guess you could say, um, love uh, that too man, God, that was so yeah. amazing. And I remember after working out of interview, yeah. everybody
0: I was like, that's the dude. I love, I love that story that he told. Um, and it, if you it, don't know that
1: story, go back and listen back. to the listen previous to episode, episode. Uh,
0: <laughs> episode something or other uh, second. Yeah, the Get yeah, High yeah, Two episodes. Back. back. That's right. Know, like that. um, but yeah, so that's good, man. I, I love that. And, and I think this is really a really great point. This generation, you know, we've had these a lot of hard times, a lot of really tough things that, you know, use that to your advantage as you're talking about yourself. Like all these shitty things happen to me, but I'm here. And I got through it mm-hmm. and I'm going to be better and I'm going to be better for it. Um, and make sure you you talk about those things. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, maybe it's like survivor's guilt with with post covid. You feel like, you know, you're doing really well. Everybody else is like in such a terrible spot. You shouldn't be, you know, maybe bragging about it. But think about it as like you went through this hell, too. You went through this this nightmare and we all did. And each of us have have been impacted in different ways. Figure out what your story is. And, and just like you said, in your work diary, I love that work diary idea, man. Like think about that and like figure out how that fits into that whole story about yourself and make sure you bring it up in these interviews.
1: Yeah, Jeremy, I, I, I think that it can't be understated like that this group of people is, is really gonna, uh, change the way that we work too, in terms of like negotiating location and, um, understanding like what's important to them and where they're working and how they're working and all that stuff. So, um, you know, like lean into the future, make yourself uncomfortable, take chances, uh, you know, make sure you take the right job. Not just, don't just follow the dollar signs necessarily. Um, you know, like money is important, but it's it's definitely not everything. And and make sure you're taking your whole career into consideration when you're taking a job after the you know post-interview process. Like, is this job gonna help me get to where I wanna be in five years? Like maybe it's you know a super high-paying job, but it's gonna be doing like a, a, a different thing than you wanna do. Like maybe it's like, oh, come be a front-end developer, but you're like, I really wanna be a UX designer. Don't take that job. Take it, <laughs> like, yeah, if you don't, if it's not going to get you to where you want to be, then yeah. I love it, dude. All
0: right. Awesome tips. We're going to type a lot of this stuff up. God, this is like one of the longest, uh, the longest episodes we've done before. But I think <laughs> oh, no. oh, it's perfect, man. There's just so much okay. stuff. I mean, this is to me, the interview is like the critical thing. This is sort of the make or break stuff, right? I mean, your website, mm-hmm. your portfolio, your 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 resume, those things are are, are, are very important. But if you blow the interview, it's it. It's done. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. we had a chance to talk to you, Jay. You have time to stick around for a little bit. we got uh, just a few more minutes. Yeah. we got a, the this or that. So this is uh, a little game we like to play with our guests called this or that. And we ask you just a bunch of questions, this or that, right? And uh, we get to find out, does Jay like this or does Jay like that? And um, <laughs> uh, it's a way for our, our listeners to just get to know you a little bit better. Um, we, we won't really judge you. Maybe there's a couple in here where we might get a little judgy. Uh, But for the most part, um, they're they're just uh, they're just fun. You ready to hop into this? Let's do it. All right, man. I'm going to set a timer for a couple minutes and we'll get into it. All right. uh, Start off uh, really simple and then we'll get more complex. Uh, Dog or cat? Dog. All right. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Phone call or text message? Text. All right. Ice cream cone or a cup? Cone. All right. Uh, Let's see. Um, Buttons or zippers? Mm, Buttons, for sure. All right. Keep Uh, it classy, San Diego. (laughs) Form or function? Function. All right. Uh, High tech or low tech? High tech. All right. Big party or small gathering?
1: Oh, that... (sighs)
0: Man, I love a ranger, <laughs> especially like since I haven't been able to go to any rangers for a while. Oh, no, like, you yeah. gotta get that rage out, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. This one's really important. Don't screw this one up. Star Trek or Star Wars. Ooh. OK, so. I've always wondered super this. No one, like ever asked
1: said, this. Know See, I don't know. Has anyone ever asked this? Like, are we talking episodes like TV, like TNG? Oh, Can TNG, you know, is what it full
0: universe? It's up to you. Or is it movies? Uh, movies? You know, I, 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 these questions are for you. Just don't think too much about it. What do you think? oh it comes man, I mean, if if we're throwing in
1: uh, the full universe and we're talking like TNG and all all that stuff, Star Trek yeah you right
0: all right my man jay you know uh, so we've asked this question a lot of people and actually this question star trek or star wars is something i always ask like uh like icebreaker thing when you get like new hires you know um i ha- i asked this one guy one time star trek or star wars and he told me stargate and i was like my man you are you're- we're going to be best buds we're going to be best buds i love stargate by the way if you're listening out there oh
1: absolutely uh, all right
0: uh pen or pencil 10. All right. When you're sketching, dot graphs or lines? <laughs> Whatever's lying around. Probably lines. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's lying around. All right. Uh, I ain't fancy. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, this one's really important. Love or money? Did I ask you that one already? Love, oh, man. Did I say No, love? you didn't ask that one. I didn't ask you that one? one? No. Okay. Got it. I totally uh, was like, it was on the list, and I was like, wait a minute, let me ask another one first. Um, I didn't want to ask. I'm pretty you sure too Casey. I'm pretty sure Casey said money. He said money. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, he's, you, at least he's honest. <laughs> yeah. Most people they take a little while to answer, and then they say love, and then we know they really meant yeah. to say money. All right. No, these next few questions um, are related to uh, Prime. Um, so I know you mm-hmm. work for Amazon. Ooh. So these are all Prime related questions. Okay. Um, well, well,
1: I got to throw a caveat in there. I do work for Amazon, but I work for AWS, which is not the retail branch. So <laughs> this, uh, I, I mean, I will give my best
0: uh, guess right, on this. All right. That's okay. This know. actually have nothing to do with Prime. Yeah. All right. Prime numbers okay. <laughs> or composite numbers? Oh,
2: Ooh.
0: man. Prime numbers. Yeah. All right. Optimus Prime or Megatron? <laughs> Optimus Prime. All right. Prime Meridian or Anti-Meridian? <laughs> prime meridian all right prime rib or New York strip man I am I supposed
1: to say prime to everything prime it's up to you man I mean prime, I don't know yeah. you work for Amazon not me yeah
0: <laughs> yeah all right prime prime rib all right last one yeah last question prime time or the graveyard slot man you got to be in the bright lights prime time <laughs> prime time all right that's it that's all we got. All right, so um, awesome, dude. All right, cool. So we are going to put all this stuff in the show notes. Again, this was a long one, but I think this is well worth it. If I'm going to spend an hour and a half talking to anybody, Jay, it's going to be with you. Um, oh, so go. we've got some uh, some awesome stuff in here. We'll write some of this stuff up in the show notes and get this out. Um, Jay, um, anything else you want to say before you get out of here? Anything you want to promote or give a plug for anything?
1: All right. How about this? I want to shout out to uh, one of my Slack groups um, down in Dallas. We've, you know, we had meetups locally. Yeah. Um, and we have a group called Fresh to Design. And they're definitely a big uh, they've been big during COVID for me. You know, it's like yeah. when you're when your uh, resources and your ability to connect with people kind of broke off. It was really cool to have uh, a group of. You know, couple thousand uh, oh, wow. designers here in uh, in Austin and Dallas, and so uh, it's it's a pretty good group. It's a good group to bounce things off of. So, shout out to them for you know being awesome. Hot damn! Is this like a Dallas specific group, or can anybody listening join this group? I'm sure anyone can join. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially if you're trying to relocate to Dallas and Austin, it would be a great group to join because. Uh, there's like a jobs channel and an intros channel
0: and a good way to connect with people and learn and yeah. Sweet dude. Well send us the link and I'll put it in the show notes so we can, uh, promote them. So that's awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jay. I had a blast talking to you. I think, um, I think we had some really awesome insights, and I think that this is going to be super valuable to those people that are coming in. I'll be honest, dude, even people who are probably like veterans who haven't interviewed in a long time would probably find all these tips extremely uh, helpful. So I think this is awesome. Um, so this is uh, number three in the Get Hired series. Next time, we're going to be talking with uh, Ray Lemon. He, we're going to be going over some whiteboard challenge. Uh, tips and tricks and ray is going to do a whiteboard challenge uh, on the air with us so keep an eye out for that i'm super excited uh in the meantime check us out on RetroTimePodcast.com. get yourself a sticker retrotimepodcastcom stickers check us out on twitter retro time pod at retro time pod um i'm not on facebook or instagram or any other crap I'm not even on Twitter. I don't even I – let, I let Derek handle the Twitter <laughs> stuff. Uh, and remember, if you write us a five-star review, Derek Siebert, my man Derek, will write you a song and we will play it live on the air. That's all the the shameless plugs I got, Jay. I'm done for tonight, man. It's eleven. I expect 15. I I'm expect a back. song. I expect a song for my five-star review. Hey, man. You're, you actually got to wait in line because we have another <laughs> – Somebody else <laughs> – Derek's so busy. He actually had uh, – we were gonna, he was gonna be on the show tonight and he had something come up last minute. He wasn't able to join us. And, um, I screwed up last time. We were supposed to have you on like two weeks ago. I totally screwed that date up. That's my fault. Uh, so Derek wasn't able to join tonight. Anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but, uh, we have other, li- oh, Derek's busy. That was where I was going with that. Uh, Derek's busy and he, uh, couldn't make it tonight. He's got songs he's gotta write, we're getting very popular. Jay, we have at least four reviews on Apple Podcasts now. I think so. Um, you might be number five. I think if if I, if my my um my my math is good. I'm a designer. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a uh, engineer. So I'm not good at math. You moved out of the graveyard shift moved, into the prime time. That's yeah. right, baby. I'm in the prime time. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, actually, we uh we were our top twenty soft skills podcast lists. I saw that. The other day, uh, some some company out of the UK. You can't get anything past a super fan. I uh, know, baby. There we go. There's <laughs> Jay. Old Jay, super fan. Um, he's been silent, lurking in, lurking in, the, uh, in the shadows. The little, light, little light stalking. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's flattering. It's quite <laughs> flattering. I'm blushing. You can't see it out there, but I'm blushing. All right, Jay, that's all <laughs> I've got. Um, thank you again for joining us tonight. And we will uh, we'll be back next time. So. Thanks, Jeremy. That was awesome. See you guys.
2: Jay Castile The man of steel Jay Castile A friend for real A friend for real Sage maker Dream taker The man, our fearless leader. Take it away, Jay.